0: I wasn't surprised at all.
1: I was, see? They got me that time.
0: That's because you were reading on your phone. I don't know. Here we go.
1: Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We are broadcasting from Show Creator Studios South, here in the entertainment capital of the world, Las Vegas. This week, Penn has scathing hot Oscar takes. A lot of hot takes on all the things going into the award season, the scandals, the snubs, who deserves it? Here he
0: is, preaching the love. Ben preaching the preach love. I watched the Academy Awards once in my life. Once. <laughs> so like less than sports. At Al Franken's house. Ah. And um, Al Franken invited me to his Oscar party. Yeah. Once. <laughs> Uh, Mark Garland, uh, the original director of covert activities for Penn and Teller, my high school friend, we used to be very proud of the fact that during the Oscars, we'd go see movies. Oh, that's, that seemed right. That seemed right. My mom and dad didn't care much about the Oscars. I think partially because my mother did not like Bob Hope.
1: Oh, interesting. Um. What didn't she think about Bob Hope? Just didn't like him. Thought he was, I don't know. I think it's the f- I think it's the first I've ever heard of someone saying they don't like Bob Hope. My
0: mother didn't like Bob Hope. Yeah. My sister didn't like the Marx brothers. Yeah. She thought they were lecherous. Ooh. Made her uncomfortable. Once you think that, right, you cannot think. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of which <laughs> I'm just seeing
1: Croucho's eyebrows going up and down. Yeah. You want to interpret it as lecherous, then then yeah,
0: yeah it's okay. Well, also, Harpo chasing women and grabbing them is a, <laughs> is another uh, speaking of things that you can't Unsee and unhear and unthink. Uh Uh-huh. I was listening to So Long Frank Lloyd Wright by Simon and Garfunkel Mm -hmm. off the Bridge Over Troubled Waters record. Yeah. And uh, I said, this is an odd song. Because why is Paul Simon singing about harmonizing with Frank Lloyd Wright? Yeah. It's just odd. So I went to where we always go when things are odd, Wikipedia. So Long Frank Lloyd Wright. Art Garfunkel (laughs) studied architecture and told Paul Simon, write a song about architecture. Paul Simon said, uh, I don't know, Uh, what architect do you like? He said, Frank Lloyd Wright. Paul Simon knew nothing about Frank Lloyd Wright, and in something that I find inspiring, did no research, (laughs) but wrote the song about Art Garfunkel and just put in the name Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh. All those times we'd harmonized to dawn. I never laughed so long, so long, so long. Also saying goodbye to Art Garfunkel because they were breaking up. So long Frank Lloyd Wright is so fu- so long, Artie Garfunkel.
1: Holy shit.
0: And then had Art Garfunkel sing it. And then never told him. And Art Garfunkel, I guess, just thought that. Paul harmonized <laughs> with Frank Lloyd Wright and never mentioned it to Art Garfunkel, who was in architecture school. Not important. That's not where I'm going with this story at all. This is like, did John Lennon know that Hey Jude was about his son? Uh, he's dead. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> I think he might have known that. I don't know. But Paul Simon said like many years later in an interview, yeah. it's about Art Garfunkel and Art Garfunkel got really mad. <laughs>
1: So we have documentation yeah.
0: of that. And he got mad. Yeah. I mean, Ark Garfolk got mad at anything. <laughs> but that's one of the things he got mad at. But that's not the part that you can hear. Okay. Like on Hey Jude, which you brought up. Yeah. Uh, I always thought before they go into the endless ending. Yeah. That you hear someone say, I fucked it up. Yeah. And I always thought it was Ringo. Because, of course, there's a cymbal crash that's out of time. Yeah. Which I wouldn't even know how Ringo would know he fucked it up. (laughs) But I just thought it was Ringo, right? Yeah, yeah. But it's not. It's Paul McCartney. And he does say it. Yeah. I fucked it up. He hits a chord. And he thinks when he says, I fucked it up, it's the end of the song. It's
1: a blown take.
0: No one else thinks that.
1: And they keep going.
0: They just keep going. And then John just said, we're not doing it again. That's fine and they kept it in and you can hear Paul say clearly i fucked it up right yeah and then the other thing that bob corn revere pointed out was in louis yeah. louis yeah which the with, by the kingsman yes which the fbi studied yes. for years <laughs> yes. to find the obscenity in a drunken 17 year old standing on a chair leaning toward a mic not knowing the words could never find the obscenity, yet at the end of the guitar solo, the drummer just goes, fuck, which you can then hear clearly, and the (laughs) FBI never heard. At the end of So Long, Frank Lloyd Wright, and you're going to want to listen to this and laugh your goddamn ass off, okay? Artie is singing in that beautiful, angelic voice, So long, so long, so long, So long. You can hear Roy Halley, who is the producer of Simon and Garfunkel, Mm -hmm. going, Okay, so long already, Arnie. No, you cannot. In it? Yeah, it's very clear. So long already, Arnie. And then they go into the final end. Arnie stops singing so long. (laughs) Artie was just thinking, so long. Just feeling it. So long, just feeling it. And then Roy Halley yells from the control booth, All right, all right. All right so long already, Artie. <laughs> Which is really funny. So you want to have a listening party. Yes. Listen to Hey Jude, Louie yeah. Louie, and So Long Frank Lloyd Wright and ask them what, ask your friends what yes. they have in common. Yeah. I guarantee you if they haven't been told, they have not heard any of those three things before. Yeah, yeah. And then they will never hear anything again. No. Really, really makes me laugh. Oh, man. So long already, (laughs) Artie. It would would just seem to me that if you were in the studio with Art Garfunkel singing so clearly and so beautifully, you wouldn't just yell out so long already, Artie. It's great. It's just terrific. Yeah, but people can listen to that. Yeah, I have to listen to that. Yeah, that's it'll a, make you laugh. a
1: Really funny thing to yell out too. It'll make you laugh. And I read about it's it. It's better than a curse. Yeah, I think it's funnier.
0: I read about it. listened to it again. and didn't hear it. Yeah, and when I, I guess it's really low in the mix. Yeah, I said I'll just try it one more time. It's not low in the mix. <laughs> it's just there. It's just like you can't hear it because you can't imagine someone yelling so long already. <laughs> <I mean. laughs> so a lot of mysteries about
1: that song. And him not understanding that's about him. Like not even for a second. Not even
0: for a second. That's nuts. We we never laugh so long. So long. And they break up. And knowing nothing about Frank Lloyd Wright. And Artie Garfuckle, who studied architecture, doesn't notice that there's nothing in there about architecture. Architects may come and architects may go and never change your point of view. It's <laughs> <laughs> all he says about architecture.
1: Oh, geez. And like, what was the interpretation of it?
0: You know? <laughs> I don't know. I guess Paul knew a lot about our uh, about Frank Lloyd Wright yeah. that I didn't do. We know. Just picturing Frank
1: right just driving in a car never changing his <laughs> perspective.
0: Like, what? Because like, yeah. Also, the idea, you know, like, okay. You talk about collaboration, okay? Yeah. Paul McCartney says John Lennon didn't help him at all. He wrote the songs by himself, right? Yeah. Paul says that to Terry Gross yes. on the interview. And then she brings up, what about yesterday being originally scrambled eggs? I'm in love with your sexy legs. Yeah. And he says, well, yeah, that's what I brought in. But all John said was, I think that should be more serious. Maybe call it yesterday. (laughs) I think that's maybe a big help. Maybe that's a big help, I think. Yeah. Because I'm thinking that scrambled eggs might not have been the second most recorded song of all time. No, And I don't think
1: we would sing it at funerals <laughs> uh, or or graduations.
0: Scrambled eggs. <laughs> I'm in love I'm with, your with your sexy legs. legs. Goodbye, Carl. And the great thing, the great thing about <laughs> the great thing about that is, um, if you ever want to say something against Jimmy Fallon, and mm-hmm. you probably don't, mm-hmm, I don't. Remember that he got Paul McCartney to sing scrambled eggs in his show. That's right. He did, which is amazing. That is amazing. It's amazing that we actually heard Paul McCartney sing it. Yeah. Thank you, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. But scrambled eggs is kind of a big help. <laughs> why don't you write a song about architecture? Oh. Seems like the most useless suggestion I've ever heard. <laughs> it seems like, why don't you write a song about architecture? It could be only followed by, well, we all should have a deck of cards. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's nuts i I went and saw um Moulin Rouge, the musical why <laughs> uh, it took took the wife and kids to it. Ah, you were forced <laughs> Yes, so um, I disliked that movie. Here's what I was curious about. I remember leaving that movie when it came out,
0: thinking tuberculosis is really sexy. <laughs> Don't
1: I mean, you? yes, and that's it. if you're going to give someone a, a cause of death and they have to be a beautiful singer, don't make it one of the coughing ones.
0: Yeah. Well, that's not, that's not the director's fault. Yeah. That's in the original Carmen. Okay. Yeah. yeah cause yeah. Carmen is, is what, what that is. Well then I blame Carmen. Blame Carmen.
1: Uh, but I went through thinking like, now at the time I, I knew Baslerman only from Romeo and Juliet and, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I want to see another one of those. And then I saw it, and I left. i like, "What a weird movie!" Yeah. And then my friend was like weeping, and was like, "That was like one of the deepest movies I've ever seen." And so I was like, "I must have missed something."
0: Yeah i I went to it fortunately. Yeah. With Georgie. Yeah. And Georgie thought it was a piece of shit, and so did I. Oh, good. So it was very, We were very. We were bonded with that. Yeah. And we both liked the popcorn. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I figured it would be visually a stunning presentation of a show which I was right about.
0: Yeah. People said it was a visual yeah. stunning. Whenever someone says, which you know they say often. Yeah. Boy, I mean, the uh, the look of it and the stage tech was incredible. Yeah. That is the clearest way to say, what a shitty show. <laughs> because when you go see uh, the Lehman Brothers trilogy. Yeah. Uh, it took me four hours afterwards To realize it was stunningly staged and beautiful.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the acting
0: and the content was so powerful, it knocked me on my ass. Did you see that? No. One of the greatest shows ever. Lehman Brothers Trilogy. Lehman Brothers Trilogy. I'm not even familiar with it. Uh, 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 Incredible. Yeah. It's, you know, three and a half hours. Yeah. It's everything you'd, why would you want to see a three and a half hour play with only three people in it about the Lehman Brothers? Why would you want oh, to? Oh right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Why yeah. would you it's want not to like see the that? Crash? Yeah. Oh shit! Would it's you like have a recent work? You have no desire to see that, yeah. right? Nothing about that makes it sound interesting. No. Rips your fucking heart out. It is so fucking good. So so good. Like and this is going to be coming to the U.S. eventually. Yeah. When I saw the uh, picture of Dorian Gray. Yeah. In uh, in Australia. Yeah. Wow. One of the greatest shows I've ever seen. And- I
1: hope th- That one, I think, will come to the States. Yeah, it will.
0: Yeah. And Lehman Brothers will play again, I think. Yeah. It was a hit on Broadway and toured. Uh, Stephen Banks made me go to LA to see it. It's that good. But when Stephen
1: calls, you kind of know to go, yeah, yeah, right? yeah. He kind of gets- He told it. me to see um, Flicks. Well, the, the one that I'm afraid I'll never see, mm-hmm. because the pandemic happened, Say Something Bunny was running before the pandemic. Yeah. And that's a really hard one to stage or find ways to stage. Yeah. And God, it that was, sounded terribly- It was a mom and pop shop, yeah. Yeah.
0: That was so good. Whoa! Yeah. There's a lot of good, good things.
1: Was it? So the play I saw before was, I saw it, To Kill a Mockingbird, the Aaron Sorkin one there. Yeah. That was fascinating. And that was a play that it felt like it was like 20 minutes. And I think, oh, really? I think it was like two hours, but I was like, it was just, you just sat back down and all of a sudden the play was over. Like it was so- I, I think Sorkin critics are, are a little too, too loud. I, I know Sorkin has a style, and so if you kind of catch onto it, you can be sick of it or something.
0: I, I sh- he did uh, West Wing, right? Yeah. And he also did other things. A Few Good Men. I, boy, I really like... You know, I've always said I don't like Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. And you say A Few Good Men, and I love that.
1: Yeah. And that's the... I think, I just, I, I think he writes he writes conversations where they both, both characters discover something, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's not easy and that kind of stuff. I just love it. And I loved To Kill a Mockingbird. And I was saying, I remember I ran into a friend who was a Beatles nut and he was an acquaintance and he was someone who got pretty famous. uh, But it was an acquaintance of mine before he got famous. And I ran into him at Beatles love and I was like, Hey, and I went up to him and I realized this person's going through a very emotional moment and I'm not the person he wants to see in his life. You know, and I was like, how do I creep away from this? So
0: what did, what did Ringo have to say to you? <laughs> after? Like they fixed all of my mistakes. He you, cried. You, <laughs> you, you knew him back in Liverpool, right? Yeah, I did. Yeah, When
1: you were yeah. Born. Well, actually I was the. A <laughs> little before you were born. I was born in the back of a, a Hamburg, Germany bar.
0: Uh, you, uh, you have never been alive at a time when the Beatles weren't famous.
1: That's correct. Wow. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. And I'm alive at a time where
1: where kids are kind of not knowing who the Beatles are, Mm -hmm. which is weird.
0: You've lived through that whole time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I had that feeling. as like, just in intermission, I was like, I hope no one sees me. I don't want anyone to
0: talk to me right now. Well, I'm that way uh, about all Bob Dylan shows. Yeah. I don't want to, I just have to, I have to be with myself. Yeah. And uh, the Lehman Brothers, oh boy, is that good. Oh boy, oh boy, oh boy! I made Teller go see it the next yeah. night. Just no, no doubt about it. Um, and you know, and yeah. Uh, kill, I, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I have to accept the fact that maybe I don't dislike Aaron Sorkin. I don't want to. And even that, like, there's a re-examining uh, of the work, right? And
1: you know, he wrote mm-hmm. a classic version of the interview. He said, and then it just felt like a greatest hits because I want to do something different, and so he he did. And so I know people were joking about it's the woke version. Mm-hmm. I found it to be an examination of wokeness, not a, hey, we should be more woke. Mm-hmm. It was like it was actually like, this is what being woke can mean. And, and it can still have consequences and stuff. I was I was still thinking about that show for days after it was- over.
0: Not Moulin Rouge.
1: <laughs> no, Moulin Rouge. This is why I brought up Moulin Rouge is because of the Frank Lloyd Wright thing. The plot of Moulin Rouge is they end up writing a show because they ensnared an investor into falling in love with the lead in order to get him to fund this show so they can keep the Moulin Rouge open. That's the plot of the musical that is not the plot of the movie Uh I guess it's in the plot of the movie but it's much more pronounced in the musical Uh than I thought in the movie that I remembered but in it all the plot of the show is is exactly what the plot of the show is you know it's about like a baron Uh coming in to like fall in love with a girl and can they fall in love while they have a lover on the side that's the plot of the show that they're watching all the time while that's the plot of the show that we're watching all the time Uh (laughs) (laughs) and I guess they expect all of us and the guy to be Art Garfunkel (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like it's just A to A. There's not even it's no, there's nothing else to it.
0: Do you do you know that Art Garfunkel walks like as a as a thing? Really walks. He's walked across the United States. Oh, he's walked across most of China. He walks. Wow, like eight hours a day. That's that's what residuals from the boxer can do to my life. <laughs> <laughs> and he doesn't carry anything with him. Yeah. He just has stuff shipped ahead and goes to hotels and he just walks with a notebook. Architects become man. Art arch- <laughs> So long, Artie, already. <laughs> so long already, Artie. It just reminds me, you talk
1: about how, how angry Art is. And it reminds me of that Bill Burr bit where he talks about Lance Armstrong being a psychopath. Oh yeah, is like he's such a psychopath. Like, then let him ride a bike. Him, <laughs> we know where he is. We know what he's doing. <laughs> Just if he's that psychotic, let him ride a bike. Uh, uh, Lance Armstrong. Did I say the name right? Um, yeah, that's Lance Armstrong. Yeah, yeah. But Art Garfunkel is like, if he's that mad, yeah, yeah, yeah. go for a walk, Artie. <laughs> yeah.
0: When Take someone's stroll. mad, you have him go for a walk. Yeah. When Artie's mad, you have him walk across the United States.
1: <laughs> Continents get covered yeah. with Art's walks.
0: <laughs> I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm envious of that. What I've always wanted to do yeah. is ride a bicycle across the country. Yeah. And now, because there's blood pouring out of my ear, my balance is going. I was going
1: to say, you, you have so a bad track record for biking.
0: I do, and I don't think I can ride a bike across the country. Can we anymore. get you in like one of those little like sidecars? I, I like the trikes. the trikes. I like trikes. You need I, the trikes. I, I like trikes. I would still, I've always wanted to do that. You know one of the reasons I want to do that? It's the only reason I want to climb Everest. Yeah. I have no interest in climbing ever except for one thing. You get to eat butter. Get enough calories. <laughs> guy told me. Yeah. I remember I met a guy who he and his son rode across the United States. He, you know, they spent a whole summer, whatever yeah, it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two or three months. They rode. And they said that uh, they didn't start out in shape, right? Right. They ended up in shape. And he said they would stop at a diner riding their bikes and have like two milkshakes each and three cheeseburgers and french fries. Yeah. And they just ride on the weight. They just were losing weight.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because they were going.
0: That's why I want to ride a bike. (laughs) I'm also wondering if you went from north to south, it would be downhill, right? Positive. I I don't know.
1: You can't knock that. You can't knock that logic at all. You still want to cover, the, you want to cover the country north to south or you still want to go diagonally?
0: Uh, diagonally. I, no, I would like to just ride across the country. Just like a wonderful thing.
1: I think so too. Get
0: in that group. Also, but I, I, think, if someone, I think the time is past for that.
1: And also like part of this fantasy for you is certainly having just one thing to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's definitely part of it, right? Always, always. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Always part of it. So I want to tell you something that I said to Moxie. Uh-huh. That uh, may be one of the stupidest things I've ever said, and it made Mox laugh so hard, and I still think about it. Yeah. I was talking about shooting a movie in Canada, mm-hmm. but I thought that there was information that I should say more than that, bigger. I'm talking to a teenager that I sired, ah. and I want to send out into the world. Mm. So I said- Moxie, it's a strange world. Let me tell you about it.
1: <laughs> that was the... That was, was, is this what Mox had like a backpack
0: on or something? <laughs> about to like step out into the, the windy wide world? It's just, I just, sometimes I just like to keep track of stupid things I say. Well, the thing, you know, it's funny. It's like you, you you've told
1: on the story now. Don't want you to
0: retell it now.
1: Uh, a beautiful story about your father where you sat down and you wanted to have kind of like a words of wisdom yeah, yeah, yeah. from him and he, and he yeah. beautifully does not yeah. uh, agree to do that. Right? Uh, you never, you didn't take note of all the times he did try and you were like, <laughs> what?
0: Yeah, maybe my dad said a lot of stupid shit <laughs> yeah. before yeah. he just ate a lobster roll. Yeah, exactly, you know? yeah, yeah, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a strange world. It's a strange world. Let me tell you about it. <laughs> So, Strange thing number one. So we should point out yeah. that uh, Penn and Teller yes. are going to be performing uh, in Southern California. Do you have all the information? I just have a list of- uh... We could just say the cities, and if we're going to be there, yeah. you'd be able to look into it. Palm Springs, yeah.
1: San Diego, mm-hmm. Thousand Oaks, mm-hmm. Tucson, yeah. and
0: Mesa, Arizona. Yeah, we're getting around. We are getting around. Uh, We're back on the road. And I got to tell you, um, Mike Nesmith
1: Mm
0: -hmm. uh, gave me a piece of advice that I am now going to break. Okay. He said, never complain about the air conditioning on a private plane. (laughs) He said, because no one cares. Yes. When you tell your friends the air conditioning was a little bit strong on the private plane that I took. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was on a private jet. It's good advice. I'm not taking it. See, we were worried, we were worried about Teller flying back from Portland the same day of a show Mm -hmm. and then doing a show that night. Mm -hmm. So he does a show in Portland Friday night, then Saturday he flies to Vegas and does a Vegas Vegas show that night. Now Teller, uh, although he is a model patient and doing wonderfully, he is technically still in cardio recovery. Right. He is still in rehab and all that stuff. So we're not supposed to act like he's all better. And yet we're booking shit like crazy. (laughs) So our way of
1: dealing. You're doing six out of town shows on top of your full-time
0: schedule. Yes. That's relaxed. And, you know, probably doing another season of Fool Us (laughs) and going to England (laughs) and shooting stuff for the Foolers tour. Yes. So we're taking it easy on (laughs) teller. So. Glenn decided, the long-suffering Glenn. Oh, someone came up to me last night while I'm playing bass. Boy, this pissed off Jonesy. <laughs> while I'm playing bass, guy said to me, goes, oh, boy, I met the long-suffering Laura because Laura was at the uh, booth training someone. Yes. The gift shop. I met the long-suffering Laura. It was really funny. <laughs> um, anyway, the long-suffering Glenn yeah. And the long-suffering Laura yeah. decided that we would fly back on a private jet, ah. so that that would save Teller having to go through. Yeah, yeah. It takes It takes two hours out of the yeah. trip, so we had we had a private jet, but it it was a little private jet, <laughs> and we had uh, Robbie, Wayne, Kurt, Glenn, me, and Teller on it. There were six of us on the jet and there were six seats and it was very cramped. <laughs> so I'm telling you, I was very, very cramped on a private jet. Okay? Yeah. I'm complaining. You're also the size of a basketball player. Yeah. 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 So they get bigger private jets, right? Do they yes. have basketball sized private they do. jets? Yeah. They, do, they do now. Do do, do do basketball players all fly in private jets? They do now, mostly.
1: Yeah, unless it's like certain certain routes or certain places that are closer, they might do something uh, else. But for the most part, it's chartered flights for basketball teams, and the whole
0: team flies together.
1: The whole team. That's and the crew and all the coaches. The that's
0: more team. than five people.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, it's a sizable jet for sure. Tales of like you know gambling and stuff in the back, so it's enough to have a back. Okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the Stones have the Rolling Stones jet, yeah, 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 which looks really big. Yeah, yeah. This was not that. When you're picturing Penn and Teller on a private jet, yeah, picture Dotson two hundred and ten station wagon <laughs> with six people in it going wicked fast. Yeah. You should call uh, Kenner up. Kenner will listen to you talk about this. No yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, d- d- uh, David has a bigger yeah. has a bigger jet. Yeah, yeah. David has a good-sized jet. Yeah. And he flies to his private island. Yes. David lives a different life than me. Yeah. David doesn't doesn't brag about going to the nines no. where the check-in is on the eighth floor. <laughs> That's not a big deal for him. He buys the hotel. <laughs> David's doing well. Don't worry about
1: David. You get uncomfortable private flight. In that instance, would you have rather flown first class home on a commercial airline?
0: Uh, probably all things considered, yes. Yeah. Uh, it's hard. Yeah, it's, it's a hard choice. Um, now, that's the point of the money is only 2,000 seats.
1: Is the private jet still an option? How many seats does that have to go down <laughs> before flying privately? is stupid.
0: I'll tell you, <laughs> we are doing these gigs. Yeah. In order to make up gigs we've canceled many times. Yeah. Because of the virus and stuff. Yeah. And we are pissing off people because we've canceled gigs so much. We don't want to end up like no show Jones. Yeah. yeah. You know about no show Jones. George yeah, yeah. Jones. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know that cool thing about how you, you I think you're the one who told me. Yes. That, how he would how they would just announce he was going to be there and he
1: canceled. Yeah. George Jones was so notorious for canceling shows that people just started saying he was coming and selling tickets and saying he canceled. <laughs>
0: And they give me the money back when yeah. having sold
1: the That's dress. why I keep my ear cocked, because if you weren't making up for these gigs, I was going to start selling Pell and Tell shows <laughs> in different states.
0: So we're making the gigs up. So we're really doing them in order to make them up. Yeah. So uh, we don't make enough money to fly a private jet. <laughs> but we're, you know, so we we not only yeah. go out and do these gigs on our days off that kill us, we also don't make much money doing <laughs>
1: I had, I had a uh, a listener who was at the show in Portland, and they said you had someone particularly giggly for Teller's Needles. Do you, are you aware of
0: this, or do you like go to the- go to Oh, your yeah, yeah. Oh, or we don't call him particularly giggly. We call him an asshole. <laughs> what he did was, yeah. Teller likes to get a big guy yeah. for needles. And because we have tricks we use a, a lot of women, it's good to balance it out. Sure. I don't know why we gender tricks, but we really end up doing it. Well, you also do type
1: and age and all that other stuff because you do age a lot of stuff. You know, you want yeah, a kid yeah. for blank. Yeah yeah, and then, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, uh We end up gendering it when we really should. We just fall into a groove. No, but, uh, uh, but
1: to, to, to counter that, I'd say like a souvenir. Mm-hmm. Initially, you had a different selection process altogether for souvenir. Mm-hmm. And and then all of a sudden, you started getting kids for it, and it started working a lot better yep. for the show. So it does
0: sometimes, it just does work it does better. Get, yeah. But this guy, he got a kind of a big guy. Yeah. The guy's holding the apple for until I take the needles out of the apple and eat them. Yeah. Right. And um, it, this, is, this is complicated emotions for me. hmm We're going to go to complicated emotions. This would be difficult for an actor. The guy was tall. So when Teller, he, he turns the apple and lets Teller take the needles out of them, then Teller puts them in his mouth, very clean, swallows the needles and brings the needles up threaded. It's a beautiful thing. The needles in the apple is a gorgeous image and the guy's going to examine Teller's mouth. It's great. When Teller turned to get the needles, the guy held the apple up over his head where Teller couldn't reach the apple to get the needle. Oh. And kind of giggled about that.
1: Oh, that's that was not what was described to me. That's an asshole.
0: Right. But you have to understand the complicated emotions I'm feeling Because <laughs> I see that and go, boy, what an asshole. I see that and I have empathy. Boy, I hate to be on stage with an asshole like that. And then I think, how much is Teller hating this guy? And that brings me great joy. <laughs> To show the kind of asshole I am, I have actually been, and I think I have told this before, I've actually been in a hotel Uh and at 8 in the morning had jackhammers outside, uh, right outside, wake me up. Wake me up at 8 a.m. after doing a show and getting home at 1 a.m. Wake me up at 8 a.m. with jackhammers outside my window. And I have actually thought, wait a minute. We checked in. Teller's got the same number room, except he's one floor lower. So that means he's he's more annoyed. In the exact same position I am relative to the jackhammers, just a little bit closer. Then I went (laughs) and I laid in bed, listened to the jackhammers laughing. Can you imagine how much of a dick you have to be for that to happen?
1: Uh, that
0: your own suffering is mitigated by the fact that someone else is suffering? Can
1: I empathize or can I look at you and picture it in you? <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't feel that, right? I don't. You would feel rage at the. Uh, at I would the, feel rage at the jackhammering, I think.
0: You couldn't bring it around to uh, that kind of weird. Yeah, Zen hatred.
1: Yeah, no, and I work like I work closely with Paul Mattingly. Mm-hmm. I don't. If he's suffering, it does not. It doesn't bring me joy.
0: Yet. I'm sorry. I don't. I don't even understand those words. <laughs> you do understand. You do like. Oh, joy. I, do, I totally do. Yeah, yeah. You Enjoy. It. Let, 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 so let me uh, let me
1: say. I to mean, picture my brothers if we're on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Right, and the jackhammers, and the jackhammers, and
0: you think of them going, God damn it, yeah, yeah, yeah. God damn, there's some joy. If there. I
1: picture my oldest brother, one floor lower, raging,
0: yeah. raging, just knowing and knowing, this the other part of this that might yeah. make me seem like more of a monster, less of a monster. Yeah, more understandable, more of a monster. <laughs> I can put on headphones, yeah, with white noise. And get back to sleep. Yeah. I know that Teller can. (laughs) He does not have that ability. So it's a small price to pay. You see what I mean? I do. I've just woken up, put on the headphones, boom. Yeah. Small price to pay for a big shot of
1: joy. So when the guy's holding the apple, it was a real, real swirl. Yeah. Where did the emotion land? Where does it land?
0: (laughs) It landed on Nate distracting me. Okay because Nate has something to say. And I was saying, uh, what, 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 what am I going out after this? What am I doing?
1: Oh, right. Cause you're road gig. You was, you, road you,
0: gigs. Different Teller, Teller changes the order all the time. As one of our crew used to say, never the same show once. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, it's funny cause
1: we're collaborating on foolers mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, I'm working, writing for stuff. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, work with the director and someone's like, catch up with him. He gets that feeling that I've, Recognize in other projects I've worked with you guys on with the other professional team where they go like, wait, wait, what is it now? (laughs) And I go, you have to understand. It's like if you're working with just Copperfield, then it would just be Copperfield Uh thinking about stuff and talking. If he's going to talk, he's going to talk to you. Yeah. Penn and Teller are collaborators and they're hanging out with each other all the time. <laughs> so there's no official meeting. There's no official whatever, but they can just pull each other aside in the wings and talk about stuff and it goes forward because they also have a full-time staff around them yeah. to enact these these ideas. Yeah. So I so said, there's no stopping that end and it won't go forward through official meetings
0: and emails. Right. Boy, Glenn, the long-suffering Glenn yeah. has been trying yeah. for 12 years yeah. To get an official weekly meeting at Penn and Teller. <laughs> and Aaron, yeah. uh, the uh, briefly just, suffering Aaron, yeah. <laughs> the newly, New, suffering, newly suffering Aaron, newly suffering Aaron yeah. came in and said, well, I think this is, I'm stage manager, we'll do weekly meetings. And Teller and I always go, that's a really good idea. And Glenn will say, how about we do our weekly meeting at 11 on uh, Tuesday? Yeah. And I go, no. Teller goes, no. So so far yeah we've never done one in a row <laughs> of the weekly meetings cuz you know we just yeah exactly we just yeah. talk whenever we want to talk and we yeah. just do whatever we want to do yes. and it goes on and the other night this is great the other night um I was backstage and I said to uh to Nate, this is last night last night yeah. I said to Nate uh uh so I I got I, I get the uh, I need the top hat for uh green screen, and then I'm going to do, I, I'm doing, I go to green screen, I go into egg bag, from egg bag, misdirection, then go into wacket teller then I've got to, um, I got to set up French drop, which I got to do a different intro on. And Nate goes, you're not doing French drop. I go, w- what? He says, it's needles. I go, <laughs> I go really? And he goes, yeah. He goes, does, does, does teller know that? He said, yeah, Teller said to you, when you were doing Age Appropriate, Teller said to you, on the needles intro tonight, do this. And you went, yeah. I go, I just say, yeah, I don't don't listen. (laughs) (laughs) He said, yeah, we're doing needles. And I said, you're sure? And Nick goes, yes, that's the order of the show. (laughs) And I go, okay, because I was going to go out and do French drop. He goes, well, no one has the props for it. We're not ready. Please don't.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I also, by the way, can't picture... Like Teller going to say something in the hallway, and having Nate or someone go like, "Can this wait to the weekly meeting?"
0: <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't happen. That would not happen. <laughs> I can't see Teller being like,
1: "Oh sure, yeah, yeah, yeah." I'll button up right now, and we'll wait.
0: <laughs> yeah, you know, uh, I used to when Teller and I shared an apartment. Yeah, it really did drive me crazy. Oh, because I would be making toast. Yeah, and Teller would say. uh, I'm thinking that, um, on the, on the close of that bit, you should say this maybe to turn it there a little bit. I I mean, I'm having toast. No. Yeah. You know, there's, there's no, no, there's no, there's no boundaries. I, tell,
1: I mean, I said this finally, so it's, it's a great, it's a great thing, but like I wrote him about one little thing. Uh-huh. I knew he was about to leave for Australia. In uh-huh. fact, you guys were leaving like the next day. Yep. And he went back and forth with me for like an hour over text and I was like, This is crazy. He's leaving. Like he's literally gotta be packing or doing some shit right now. <laughs> Whatever. Cut to him asking if we can FaceTime and spending uh forty five minutes on a FaceTime video so he can illustrate stuff for me and help me out with a trick I was working on yeah. at, <laughs> at, at like eleven thirty at night. Yeah. And I was like, You're leaving for Australia tomorrow <laughs> I was like, I couldn't believe it. But there were no uh there were
0: no boundaries on that's where it reminds me of um of um uh well, the, the Nixon. Yeah, you know, where when I was told by the guy who wrote his uh, autobiography with him, yes, that Nixon said to him on Christmas Eve, "Well, you know, Frank, uh, tomorrow—that's my Nixon." Okay, you know, Frank, uh, tomorrow. You get the Uber. Uh, tomorrow's Christmas, uh, and I don't imagine you're going to want to be working. But I'll be here at eight and be working until uh, nine at night. <laughs> if you want to stop it.
1: <laughs> and the author just turned to his family and being like, I just got to step out for a couple hours.
0: I love the fact that he is understanding You yeah. might want to take the day off, but. The conversation really is, I understand that you might not be
1: crazy, but if you're wondering if I am crazy, <laughs> the answer is yes.
0: <laughs> exactly. Exactly.
1: I have a, enough sanity to know I'm a lunatic. Yeah. Yeah but not enough to stop me from being
0: a Yeah, fan. exactly. That's where <laughs> that's where we live. Right in that pocket, right in that safe pocket. So um the Freestyle Love Supreme people, yes, came to our show. Oh, very all cool. All of them. All of them. Like all of them not hyphen boy, I, but all of the no, other no, no, ones. They're real, they're hyphen they're boy was full time. Wasn't, wasn't in uh, wasn't in town.
1: No, no. I, gosh, I hope I I mean they always say they're going to look for a new home and that's always the Vegas thing. I hope they do. Just because they seem to really lean into they seem to lean in very well to being part of the Vegas community, they really reached out to a lot of shows they went to a lot of shows, yeah, they really established a lot of friendships out here i, I hope and there's a way to find a room I think to make that show work
0: Well, two of them are staying here good two of the uh two of the musicians decided uh, to move to Vegas yeah but musicians a good this is a good town to be a musician in. uh they were wonderful to that backstage. they really seemed to enjoy the show yeah they uh they they they're very, very kind about it. It yeah. was very good to have them all, all uh, backstage. Awesome! Yeah. I'm so glad they did that. That's yeah, great. but all of them. I, I was so surprised that all of them they travel as a pack.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's the thing. That show will definitely continue to tour well mm-hmm. and, and do different different towns and stuff like that. Um, but they seem to all
0: like Vegas. Yeah, and so you. Won't. Although they gave examples of the suggestions they get in Vegas. <laughs> As opposed to other places, you know. Tell us a story of something that happened to you in the past couple of days. I got really drunk passed out. (laughs) They get that suggestion four times a night.
1: Uh, 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 I mean, that's the danger, right? Uh, People come here to be... Total assholes and think it's inter- makes them interesting. Yeah. And so it's like their first time running it out. Running it out was yeah. uh, to, to to freestyle love supreme instead of their buddies back at the office. Mm-hmm. Um. But yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So, uh, but they're they're really good. They, they do their last show tonight. Okay. Last shows tonight, and of course, uh, my wife has gone to. She's going tonight. Yeah. She went last night, and the night before. She's seen the last three shows of Freestyle Love Supreme. Yeah. The, you know, I, when Emily wants to support something, she,
1: she goes hundred, hundred percent. Absolutely. Is, which absolutely. is, which is awesome. And, and Freestyle Love Supreme, she, she just loves, she just Yeah, loves, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's it. Sarah saw, I think Sarah saw it four times. Well, oh, really? Like, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Well, probably some of the time with my wife.
1: I think so. I think yeah, yeah, That
0: they, they go together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just great. How many shows is your wife doing now? She's she's, not, to, she's she's still not the the, 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 the I'll tell you the, the 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 COVID was very kind to your wife. I mean, got her a lot I, it's, of so work. Cause it's so
1: strange <laughs> because so because we she really was we were really struggling for work before the pandemic, mm-hmm. and then of the pandemic was obviously tough for everybody, especially including us. Live entertainment, blah blah blah, but like really. Coming out of COVID and then into Delta wave. (laughs) That that was, nobody did better than us. (laughs) I mean, maybe pharmaceutical companies, (laughs) mask makers. Yeah. But uh, other than that, I think it's us. We're third on the list. (laughs) But she was understudying how many shows? Uh, She was at one point understudying uh, three shows (laughs) and then performing all of them pretty often. And also multiple parts. Yeah.
0: In three shows
1: multiple parts in three shows plus directing another show that opened up at the Orleans. Plus she, she also directed our kids musical at the school because, uh, boy, she hates sitting down. Um, (laughs) but now she's down to two shows and just directing one musical (laughs) and she's good. But yeah, that's, uh, it's, yeah, it's, 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 uh, she's, she, she does. It's, it's also crazy that she, found a way to stay here. You know, the Smith Center, we talk about all the musicals that come in here, that canceled the idea of musicals becoming residencies, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, so musicals don't have to do all the exclusivity things and all that stuff to make it that they had to do when they were casinos. And so it really took away her way of life here. Mm-hmm. So uh, the fact that she has found a way to, to counter and become a, a clown. We, we came here, musical theater, triple threat, and uh, comedy writer, and now we are clown and magician. <laughs> 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 oh, if you want to know what Vegas changes, people. The town bends you. <laughs> <laughs> it makes you into them. It is nuts. What two shows she doing? Uh, she does absinthe mostly. She's mostly over there at Absinthe as the female uh, co-host of that mm-hmm. show. She still understudies the lead uh, host uh, over at um, Atomic Saloon, uh, but she—that's where she started. but She does that less often now.
0: Are they giving her like part of the town they bought? <laughs> yeah, post, you know? oh yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the gonna nip- run the post office, <laughs> the Nipton.
1: Uh, 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 yeah, the guy—the guy who owns Speaker World bought a town. Yeah. Bought a town, Nipton, California. Uh, I've been through there. It didn't. It didn't attract my my investment eyes. But um, we'll see how what they what he does with. Well, that. Well,
0: Copperfield bought an island. Yeah, guy from Absinthe bought a town. Yeah, and Teller and I are crammed into a little private jet <laughs> and bitching about it. <laughs> so that's that's what we're doing. Yeah, that's what we're doing. So, um, tell me about the shows coming up because it's now. It's right now. It's it? right now. Yeah,
1: February. So uh, I do three shows on my own. Um, but the, so where be,
0: are those like sold out now?
1: Yeah. Uh, two of them are sold out and they, they, they added a second show in Red Bank that they're still filling up now. Mm-hmm. So, um, February 16th, I'm in Maryland, uh, near Elkton, uh, doing a sold out show there. Uh, and then I go right up the road, uh, on Saturday, February 18th doing the Vogel, at the which is, uh, at the Count Basie theater in Red Bank, New Jersey. We sold out the first show. We added a second show. And so I'm doing a second show that night there. And Those two shows, and then I literally uh, go from that show to, on a plane to Milwaukee, and go uh, start rehearsing the Foolers tour at the Paps Theater in Milwaukee. Paps like the Pabst, beer, like the beer, the Blue Ribbon Theater, the Blue Ribbon Theater. Yeah, one Blue you? Ribbon it has to be a great theater. One a Blue Ribbon. Yeah, I'm. Uh, are you surprised
0: that I knew Paps Blue Ribbon? I am a little surprised. Uh, I think it's because of uh, only because of um, Blue Velvet. Oh, okay, got it. Yeah, so we'll play
1: the Paps Theater. Uh, that Friday, then we turn around and go to Indianapolis that Saturday, and then go to Akron, Ohio uh, that Sunday. And all those dates are at foolerslive.com. Buy some tickets there, even if you can't go, because here's what happens. <laughs> the more successful those shows are, the more they're going to book the show in other places. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, uh, but
0: I heard it was selling well. Yeah. It's already selling well. So yeah, yeah. I start, I'm going sell- to start, I'm
1: gonna start uh, yeah, I, start, I mean, it's getting real because I start doing press appearances next week. Mm-hmm. You no know, Zoom appearances on local news and that kind of stuff. Oh, good! I'm
0: excited about all that. Well, uh, we did uh, two shows today, like we usually do yes. on Sunday, and we did the first show all the way through, did a full hour. Yeah, and uh, then between the shows, we got another bottle of water, mm-hmm. and we both chose not to pee. Yeah, right between yeah, the shows. That's We true. did not. We did not choose to pee. We said we'll just go right through. I'm closer to the bathroom. That was Ben Sunday. <laughs> Oh, we're going to have to read the names. Uh, Damn it. You become naked. (laughs) I had a whole other couple things to talk about. I was just thinking, I need to pee.
1: Bridge over, boy,
0: I got to pee. (laughs) You should write a song about having to pee. I'm going to take a walk.
1: No, we love. You got ready to thank them, Matt? Yeah, yeah. The fine people who were all upset we didn't get to our Oscar takes today. <laughs> Michael Torbay, Elon Lee, Jacob McCully, Nicole Martin, Crazy Cat Lady Scoop, Nick Hemsing, Music Man, no thank you, Daddy, <laughs> Rachel Hawkins, Jake Schneider, Pete, Penn says, we're the same guy, Hope. Oh. Uh, all right. Kelly McCauley, Jeremy Davidson, Robin Garnett, Tom and Julie Lynn, Penn married us eight years ago, but we're not stalking him. Ovi Demetrian Jr., Jeremy R22, Winter Wierkowski, Kristen Klidik, Michael Cohen, Dr. Scoop Joe Mastrangelo, Jeremiah Jenkins, Matt Donnelly, The Mind Miller. Upcoming shows at the TheMindNoodler.com. Yes, yeah, sure. Thank you, sir. <laughs> Jesse Miller, Alexander Hoffman, Danny Olwine, Sean Magruder, Stephen Volcano, Jim, the now 24 yearly performances, Naked Magician, Scooped Mids, and Paul McBride. Thank you. <laughs>
0: Jack Hammers is my favorite gay
1: bar. (laughs) Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax.